You're listening to Your Jewish Life, Your Way with Karen Cinnamon, the podcast that explores what it feels like to be Jewish or Jewish in 2022. On the show, we divulge all of the secrets and know-how to being confident in celebrating and living your Jewish life, your way, with easy, simple ways to embrace your mishpacha through the traditions and rituals you've been dying to learn more about. So save your kvetching, we are talking less Jewish guilt and more Jewish joy here on out. Yalla, forget about the right and wrong ways to be Jewish. It's time to create a Jewish life you love living. Hello to you. How has your week been? I hope it's been uplifting, fulfilling, peaceful, restful, invigorating, a little bit of everything. We're having an interesting week this week. We are moving house, which is so exciting. We're finally moving house. It's been on our family's to-do list for years. We currently live in a two-bedroom apartment, which is beautiful. And we love it here. We're sort of clinging on to sort of the urban London life. But actually, we're so ready for a house with a garden and more space. But it's a big transition for us. As excited as we are, it's a big change. So that's happening this week. And I wanted to share that with you. There'll be some renovation to be done, which I'll be sharing inside my Smashing Life private Jewish community. If you're a member, you'll see how we are going to make it our own. It's very, very exciting. I've got a deliciously yummy Jewish episode coming up for you today, and it's nothing to do with Jewish food. Well, I sort of paraphrased a lovely sentence that my guest today, the actress, filmmaker and podcaster, Daniela Rabani, used to talk about her Jewish life. She called it a deliciously Jewish life because Well, you'll find out why. We really talked about the joy of Jewish, the joy of Jewish music, the joy of choosing your own Jewish way, embodying the Your Jewish Life, Your Way philosophy. And she positively radiates Jewish joy. There are so many nuggets from this must listen. We talk about the internalized shame that's put upon us and how we can shed it. We talk about when maybe others in the community make us feel lesser than what we are, you know, minimise our Jewishness because maybe in their eyes we're not Jewish enough, maybe in our own eyes we're not Jewish enough. There's some really, really great takeaways and you are going to be absolutely smitten with Daniela's personality. She is just overflowing with joy and real talk and authenticity. It was just a great conversation. I'm lucky enough to call Daniela a great friend. We met earlier this year in Israel on the Jews Talk Justice program by the Tel Aviv Institute, which you'll hear a bit about on the episode as well. Just definitely go follow her on Instagram at Daniela Rabani if you don't already. She's a firm fave and I hope you enjoy the episode as much as I enjoyed making it. As always, If you loved the episode, remember to subscribe, leave us a review. It helps others find the episode, find the podcast and overflow with Jewish joy as well. And also, I'd love to hear from you on the DMs. Drop me a DM at Your Jewish Life. Tell me what you loved about the episode. Screenshot your phone while listening to the episode and tag at Your Jewish Life if you want. Whatever way, I just love hearing from you. So let's dive in with Daniela. I want to hear about what it means to you to be Jewish in 2022? You know, it really has been an unfolding my whole life, but for whatever reason, 
back in May of last year during that conflict, another element of my Jewishness sort of came up, which was my my Zionism and also my progressive nature. And I was raised modern Orthodox. My father's Sephardic. My mother's Ashkenazi. My Both my parents are Israeli. My grandparents are Holocaust survivors. My other grandparents are Iranian Jews. I mean, I am chock full of yummy Jewishness. <laughs> like everything about me is deliciously Jewish on so many levels. And I love that. I- De- deliciously Jewish. <laughs> True, though. Like, I think about like the Persian food and then I have like all of this rich Ashkenazi Jewish culture and heritage. And I am the recipient of American Jewish culture, Israeli Jewish culture. I mean, it's like all in this sort of cocktail of me. How cool that I get to be me. And is it almost that you had so much in you that sort of in adulthood you have you retained it more? Have you gone into it in your own way? Have you it's more my own way? Yeah. Well, because I, so I went to yeshiva, like I went to a, a Jewish school and I, um, we kept Shabbat and Kashut and like all the rules. And for whatever reason, until I was 22, until I graduated college, I, I, I did follow all the rules. I missed whatever classes I needed to miss in my acting training and um, at NYU. I went to Italy. You know, I I studied in in London. I I did all those amazing experiences as an actor in training. And I would take off for Jewish holidays. I would take off for Shabbat. I would make sure I was keeping kosher. If I did go out with friends, I would like have them turn on the lights or pay for me or whatever sort of zigzagging thing I did. It wasn't until I like graduated and was a adult that I started to realize like, wait a second, there are all these other Jewish people who are deeply, deeply Jewish and connected to their culture and, and to a God of their understanding or not. And they're not following the Torah. I, maybe I don't have to either, because if it doesn't resonate, then like, that's not a spiritual experience. Exactly. When it resonated, it resonated. And when it didn't, it's yeah. going to fill you with the right things. For and me. Was there a defining moment where you sort of had those thoughts? I wouldn't call it a defining moment, but I do think that like, I remember in high school when, um, you know, like the teacher said, the meaning of life is to be happy. Uh, say, say the sages, say the rabbis. And I was like, what? You know, and I like railed against that for whatever reason. And I just, following the rules didn't make me happy. It, it didn't make me unhappy, but it certainly didn't make me happy. It didn't bring me closer to God. Mm. And I really believe that like, that's the thing. That's the thing. And bringing myself closer to myself brings me yeah. closer to God. But I got this scholarship to study Yiddish. You got um, a scholarship to study Yiddish? Yeah. Wow, not many people can say that. <laughs> yeah, to, to sort of carry on the legacy of the Yiddish theater, um, which of course was like the beginnings of the musical theater industry as we know it, and Hollywood, vaudeville. It's like a, it's a sort of, incredible history, but also just an awesome language. And there were all these Yiddishists, Mm -hmm. Jewish people who were like deeply immersed in the Yiddish 
culture, song, theater world that were expressing their Jewishness through art, through um, literature. They would speak to each other in Yiddish. And I was like, wait, that's a, that's Judaism too? Okay, wow. okay, all right. So I had this sort of potpourri experience where I was like, oh, there are so many different avenues I can take to validate this real deep experience I, I have in me that not necessarily everyone has of being Jewish, you know, mm. like, but anyway, in the, in the last year, you know, Z- Zionism felt, felt more apparent, you know, like my grappling with Zionism, with being a progressive Zionist, that that's a new sort of level of my Judaism. Since we went to Israel, by the way, yeah. I, I've started playing Israeli music and dancing, man, dancing. Oh, it's, it's joy. It's, it's the ultimate joy. And for anyone that doesn't realize, I'll link to it in the show notes, like one of our big, one of our many big bonding moments, even though we've only known each other for a couple of months. So we met on a, a wonderful program called Jews Talk Justice that we were both honored to have been invited to by the Tel Aviv Institute in Tel Aviv earlier this year. And it was very free, free flowing and friendships, you know, were naturally made and we were drawn to each other. And, you know, you get to know someone pretty quickly in an intense brand. We, we felt very close very quickly, but still we were walking home, I think just on day two from name drop moment, Adina Sussman's home uh, through the Carmel market. And do you want to take over kind of what happened? Well, well it was such a, like an interior experience for me because I just saw some guy singing in uh, like, an Israeli folk song and this guy was like I don't know 19 20 years old like um, adorable he was like making falafel in the shuk and like just like singing and I was like I'm gonna sing with him and he just like knew all the words you know he knew all the like the verse words different words and I would just like chime in on the chorus and dance and then there were these like three other girls who knows where they were from I have literally no idea but then they started dancing with me and then an older guy came over as well and I don't know what made me well of course I know what made me whip out my phone and video it but thank goodness I did because it immortalized this I knew it was a moment and it was just the coming together of strangers um the dancing the joy the music the way the guy making falafel was so enjoying this moment it it, anyway we'll definitely link to it so you can see what we're talking about but for us it was just everything (laughs) I I when you said strangers I was like I had this visceral reaction to the word because they weren't strangers to me no they were not that was family but that's how we describe it to someone who's we're trying to it is I mean one of the things that you know whenever we ask anyone what's your favorite thing about being Jewish they say you know the feeling of being connected to in other words I don't know what the right word is but inverted commas strangers that feel like family and it was the generations it was this guy making falafel this you dancing from your very core like letting it all out Mm. I was cackling away in the background laughing because I was just feeling so much joy and it was also a brand new friendship for us but yet we'd reached this 
we'd shared this. I, I, I don't know how to describe it, but to me, it was, I said to Daniela, just before we went um, on air, that it was a genuine sort of life moment for me that encapsulated so much. What did it encapsulate for us? Well, well, we're, well, we're exploring it now. Yes. The other thing that was so, that, that's so cool. You, you did ask, um, like what, what your favorite thing about being Jewish is. And I also had that experience where I feel like being Jewish means that I am a part of the world. There's the shadow side of like having been kicked out of everywhere. And like, it's, there's, there are gnarly experiences all over this earth. And the, I mean, the light is that you're a woman from the UK. I am from the US and we have this deep well of understanding each other and this folk music and this language and this land and these rituals. And for me, it was like making a friend in adulthood who, when they heard the same song that brings yeah. me so joy, just this outpouring of dance, it's like 99.999% of the people in my life in my country I live in would just walk and straight past I mean I hate to say it but like my husband included he doesn't really know <laughs> that song he's a Jewish guy he's a yeah. from South London he's an Ashkenazi. you know he doesn't have the same connection as Israel as I do he's got a connection but not like me and he would have just kind of well what is this music do you know what I mean and it was just like it was just the fact that I was next to someone that just burst when they you know it was, and it was just like yes you get me we get each other we yeah, only know was- each other 24 hours but yeah to be mirrored like that to be mirrored yeah. like that to yeah. be seen like that and to see yourself on the outside like that. Yes. For me to see myself in you, yes. the Vedas, not a Jewish thing, but a, <laughs> but a Jewish <laughs> thing to, 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 to seek philosophy. The Vedas say that, the, that similarly to how the rabbis would say that the meaning of life is to be happy, the Vedas, which is like the ancient Indian text, would say that the meaning of life is for the one to become two for the joy of becoming one again. Ooh, so if good. all this, if this whole, this whole life thing, this whole existence thing, this whole Jewish thing, even if we want to, you know, go um, micro is we're, we're one thing. And then we split off into Karen and Daniela and the joy of becoming one in that moment was a yes. experience. Yes. That yes. was the meaning of life right there with that, you know, 20 year old guy making falafel and the hundred year old guy dancing and, and the, the three, three random girls, girls and yeah. you keeping it and immortalizing it forever. Yeah. yeah. That was the joy of the one becoming two fractions yes. off for us to find each other again. Yes. 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 So is that your favorite thing about being Jewish? That that sense of connection with inverted commas is a stranger or mm. what is your favorite it's, thing it's my, it's my favorite thing about being Jewish it's, it's, it's like similar it's that I feel a part of the world I really do I feel like no matter where I am there's a synagogue or there's another Jew or there's Jewish history or there's a food that makes me feel like home because mm-hmm. we've really touched all corners of this earth mm-hmm. for better or for worse. And that I get to 
and I've been saying this a lot recently, I guess I'm evolving. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I, my, you know, my grandparents were in the Holocaust. My, my father was in the Yom Kippur War and I have the responsibility and the privilege to talk about being Jewish, to talk about making the Jewish experience better and progressing forward. I, I get that. I get that. I, I am so lucky. So, so I get to see all the places we've touched. I get to like eat the Persian food and the, uh, you know, did you know that lakas are like Polish street food originally? Like I get to, I get to go all over the world and see bits of my history and bits of me. I ate a deconstructed latke. That's what they're doing at the moment in London. It's some um, very cool Italian Israeli fusion place that I'll take you to when you come to London. And it was, we had to order it. It was called a deconstructed latke and it was, it was pretty good. Um, but I, I'm interested in what you said about like the responsibility, because that must also certainly, you know, until you've evolved into owning your identity and who you are, which of course is an ever-changing thing, but I, I feel like at the moment you, 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 you're sort of owning it, but the responsibility, did you feel like pressure to marry someone Jewish? Do you feel like mm-hmm. any pressure? What time talk to you more about, you know, being when the, I was growing up, daughter yeah. of Holocaust survivors and your father in Yom Kippur war. And yeah, I think yeah, um, I got lucky that I love the Jewish man that I married. And I'm so, I how did you guys meet? in general we actually met at, a, at like a jewish charity event which but we for a long time we just like kind of said that we met at a bar which was also true uh, <laughs> is it embarrassing I, to I, say I, you met at a jewish charity event i guess i was embarrassed yeah. yeah i mean i think like you know how people at one time wouldn't say that they met online yes uh, that yes. was so similarly but man i'll tell you shame is for the birds <laughs> shame <laughs> is like is yes. like a, a deep, pervasive, ugly feeling that I will not engage in anymore. And I guess that was shame. No, we met at a Jewish charity event. My mother was the event director or whatever. She she like threw this event for young, you know, um, professional Jewish people. I was like barely professional. I was yeah. I, I, I mean, that, not that yeah. witnessing isn't a profession. It absolutely is. It just wasn't my profession. <laughs> and, um, and I was terrible at it. Actually, you know what? I was a hostess. I was a hostess. A professional hostess. <laughs> yeah, I was a professional hostess who wanted to be a waitress, who wanted to be an actor. So I was very young and I was drunk. And I don't really remember meeting Dan, but he was like fairies and butterflies and unicorns. And that's my wife. And you, so what, that's what it. he felt at the event. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. And then, um, and that was pretty much that. And did you date for long? And we dated for like three years. We got married after four. And I thought that was the longest, you know, courtship ever. Of course, I was I was 22 when we met. So I know. 22. Yeah. So and you didn't I, do I the like ugly a... kind of dating in your 20s years. That's so no, or 30s I, I even. Like a, I had like a blip. It was like a couple of months. Of, <laughs> and it wasn't that ugly. Yeah. It was fine. It was uh... it was drunk, but it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> So you met young, I didn't realize. Okay. Yeah, I got married at 26. And, yeah. you know, um, I know you're like the wedding woman. And uh, <laughs> so you might like to know that it was like a, a nearly 300 person Jewish wedding. 
Yeah. Did it infuse with your individuality and your... I think my individuality at the time in that I was like kind of a pawn of my parents making. (laughs) So you've sort of grown into who you are within the marriage and you've sort of bloomed. Yes, and my Jewishness for sure. But, you know, the the part that was absolutely me was I I performed with my friends and I, I sang to Dan in English and in Yiddish and that was so beautiful and oh. I made that my own and and also like we had this amazing DJ slash band like did you know that they could do this where there's like the like the drummer and the sax and it, and the DJ at the same time and they played like sick Jewish Jewish music like crazy fun like my non like of my life do you have like a video of your wedding because we have we have DJ live you know but with the, when you're saying like sick Jewish music, I need to hear this. I don't know if you have. A yeah, I I'm, I have to go find the footage. I should do that. I mean, I have gorgeous pictures. Have you got yeah. an anniversary coming up? Yeah, May 22nd. Okay, so on May 22nd, we're recording this in uh, early May. Um, on May 22nd, perhaps <laughs> I'm just kind of very selfishly wanting content before, but you perhaps you can <laughs> put a, a snippet content. on your Instagram and then we can link to that in the show notes that everyone can that. hear this sick Jewish DJ live because, again, I bet that's pure Jewish joy. <laughs> it was because it was also like kind of like it felt like we were in the club, you know, <laughs> and like the horror went on forever. Oh, and, it was it sounds so and like something I will say about like my modern Orthodox upbringing is like, we, we just really shared the same language. Like sometimes you know, my, I don't send my kids to Jewish school and that's not something that I'm interested in. They, they go to Hebrew school and we go to like, we, we hang out with, um, you know, Jewish families on, on weekends for like Jewish events and stuff like that. But for the most part, they just, you know, are, you know, uh, in a, a nice Montessori school where they speak Spanish all day. And, and that feels right for me right now. But f- when I was growing up, you know, like we sang this music all the time, Did like you? jumped and danced and like, but wait, in what kind of environments at home or at home. social? Yeah. At home, at shul, at synagogue. And, you know, like in the auditorium, like something I will say about being like the granddaughter of Holocaust survivors and of a father who, who served in the Yom Kippur war. And, you know, my, even my mother was, you know, in Israel during the Yom Kippur war, they they got married right, right after when he came home. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of intensity and certainly there's, there's like a, a story, there's this sort of study of epigenetics and how genetics themselves are altered by that kind of stress by, by war and by terror and etc and that is true but something else that i'm learning is that something the jewish people have known for a long time is that dancing and singing are incredibly cathartic and that that also alters the stress hormones in the body mm. that touching really? and hugging and community and laughing and eating you know these things that we like take for granted about being Jewish are inherently therapeutic Mm, coming togetherness and yeah that's so great I mean one of the things we like to say is less Jewish guilt more Jewish joy because you know the guilt and the trauma and the pressure and then but like you say it's perfectly counterbalanced have you ever gone shopping and seen tons of fun Christmas decor but absolutely nothing for Hanukkah 
I know I have and it's made me feel excluded from all the seasonal festivity. Now you might wonder why am I talking about Hanukkah in July? It's because we're partnering with Hanukkah Decor, a business on a mission to change that feeling of being excluded during the holiday season and they're running a Kickstarter campaign this month that we are getting right behind. This is the story of their Kickstarter and we'd love you to get behind it too. It's just running for this month and I'd love you to back it. I think it's fabulous. So the story is when Mark Perriman's three-year-old daughter felt left out after seeing her neighborhood aglow with Christmas decorations, he was inspired to design a line of five outdoor light-up Hanukkah inflatables to bring seasonal cheer to Jews of all ages. There's menorahs and dreidels and Zayda's kitchen complete with latkes frying and next year he's adding a line of super fun indoor Hanukkah decor to the outdoor inflatable collection too. And right now, through to July 26, you can back the Hanukkah Decor Outdoor Inflatable campaigns to make the winter holiday season that bit more inclusive for all. So back the Kickstarter today at hanukkahdecor.com slash kickstarter if you want to bring inflatable Jewish joy to the children and grown-ups in your life. The link's also in the show notes. It's hanukkahdecor.com slash kickstarter. So do you have a favorite Jewish tradition or a favorite, I don't know, does Judaism fit into your everyday life at the moment? Tell me about, tell me about again, Daniela in 2022 and her Jewish life. <laughs> yeah, I, it, I don't know. I don't know how like my Judaism fits into my everyday life, except that like, it is who I am. It is who you are. So like when I think of you, it was, it was it was your everything, you know. So again, just to reframe, because I'm Daniela and I met in Israel, connected through sessions and food and music and friendships, all about Jews in 2022 and and, and everything we're going through. And but yeah, I could see some people were more reserved in you know what they were going through in that experience and others like yourself it was just pouring out of you wasn't it oh, well, every I was emotion I was crying the whole time you I were cried. laughing a lot as well I was laughing too talking yeah. a lot you were like I say every emotion yeah. was released yeah like you just said it's it's who you are and that's really interesting because I grew up with a Israeli mother and a British father Jewish but British and my my British father liked to kind of go to synagogue do Jewish things you know eating kosher restaurant whatever and my mother being Israeli didn't feel the need to do anything because she was just it and it's like I had these two influences and it's almost like with you is that you are you just feeling it so much you don't feel the need to sort of do the stuff I get it (laughs) I mean I I don't feel the need to do the stuff I did the stuff for so long child was doing the stuff yes you know what I do do that I think is deeply Jewish is that I sing in Yiddish. I sing to Holocaust survivors. Oh, talk to, to me about that. Talk to me about that. I mean, yeah. over Zoom, I've had the privilege of, there's this beautiful company named Music Talks. He led by um, Elad Cabilio, who's a beautiful musician and cellist. He's, he's also a musicologist. If I, he probably wouldn't call himself that, but he loves the connection and the story about music itself. And, and he does that on a lot of different levels, but 
you know, with me, I have this particular skill in, in Yiddish singing and song. And so we've done many Zoom Holocaust survivor you know, events, meaning there are these organizations that service Holocaust survivors and they help them log on and I sing to them and they, they'll, they'll, you know, they'll say like, Hey, do you know Yiddish Mama? Do you know, do you know Oifen Pripichik? And I'll sing their favorite song and then I'll sing them some song that they don't know. And, and that feels deeply Jewish for me. Talking to you is deeply Jewish for me. You know, even just like sharing on my Instagram, like, sure, like here, here are my cute kids and here, um, here's my podcast. Here's my, my professional life. This is an important side note about what's going on in Israel or uh, around anti-Semitism, or here's the Shabbat dinner I got to attend. Like my Judaism really, as you said, pours out of me. Yeah. And I don't like make challah. Yeah. I don't keep kosher and I don't keep Shabbat. Yeah. It's your Jewish life your way. And, and that, no one can judge you no one can judge another jew you know i mean that sounds like a crazy thing to say because there is so much judgment sometimes within communities but we're very much you know and uh, what you're gonna stop that you're stopping right now because they can only judge another person can only judge us as much as we judge ourselves if i have shame around the way i'm showing up or if i have just or if i have discomfort around the way i'm showing up as a jew in the world then it'll be mirrored back to me. Then- Sometimes I put content out about, you know, it's okay to, you know, not not fast on Yom Kippur if you... I don't fast on Yom Kippur. No, but anyway, so I've, I've put content out about that or if you don't keep kosher. And then I've had a lot of backlash about, you know, being Jewish isn't just all about the fun stuff, you know, and, and you know, a lot of sort of almost superior. And and I just wonder if, if that's coming from a place of fear or just, you know, if or someone said, well, like, if you eat pork and do this and do that, are you still Jewish? And the answer is yes. (laughs) But I mean, there's a lot of people that don't enjoy hearing these kind of conversations. And I don't know if there is a sort of bridge. What do you think? Well, I see that your, your platform is thriving and that your podcast is thriving and that your purpose is meaningful. And like your your subs, you know, your subscription, your, your, your whole community is so alive, which tells me that that's not true all around, but I will say that there has been so much shame from the outside world that we've internalized. Yes. And I don't mean to blame the anti-Semites, but, <laughs> but like, <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's a very old hate and we've adopted it on ourselves. Yes. And, and that shame that I mentioned early on is something that we must, must, must rid ourselves of. And so when someone says something like, oh, you, you eat pork, you're not Jewish. Well, that's their own consciousness coming at you. And you got to be like, that's, it's not about me. And what that person is doing is it's self-attack it's almost a form of preservation because we have been persecuted. That is a real thing that happened that, that continues to happen. And there are ways of, you know, keeping the tradition alive. One of the ways that we did certainly before, you know, we had the state of Israel was we packed up our whole culture into a set of rules and we called, you know, and we called it religion. We happen to be way more than a religion. 
there's a language component. There's a land component. There's DNA that -hmm. makes us blood Jewish. Okay. So like, and and there's a lot more, there's culture, there's humor, ethics, values, values, relationships, frameworks. Yeah. Rituals. And so for a long time in the diaspora, we clung to these things that made us Jewish as self-preservation. Yes. Which gave us purpose, which meant, okay, they're coming to get us, but we have God. We have a connection to God. We have our, we have our channel to God. We have, um, we have something to, to pass on to our children in case we get axed. Mm. Okay, that happened. That happened, of course. And these rules and traditions and rituals are absolutely valid, even outside of persecution, outside of, you know, in the land of Israel, you know, etc. But we don't have to cling so tightly. And we certainly don't have to strangle other people. Absolutely. And, you know, that's what the outside world was doing to us. We don't have to do it to ourselves. Yes, yes. And, you know, when you talk about the shame, what is the negator of the shame? It's feeling Jewish pride. And we can only express Jewish pride on the things that light us up that we want to shout about that we enjoy so much that we do you know, tell our non-Drew friends that we did ABC at the weekend or, you know, share it with, with, or try to bring in some, you know, bake a Jewish recipe for, for whatever it is that lights you up and that the shame just isn't there because it just fills you up so much. And I I think I did. I am realizing now that I, I probably did um, judge other people for a while. What do you mean? What, what Jewishly? Yeah, I think I did. And I like have enough consciousness to like look at that experience in myself and say like, oh, that's, that's not who you are, Daniela. Mm-hmm. And that certainly isn't who they are. But that was programming that I adopted because I was a child. <laughs> what advice mate, would you give to someone who's listening, who's maybe struggling to feel authentically Jewish? Well, they're doing the Jewish thing right now, listening. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Simple you know, things, yeah, little things. When I was younger, I would I would struggle with like binge eating, and and I was in this like recovery program, and I I would turn to a friend and be like, I don't feel like I like need to be here, and she's like, then why do you show up to the meetings five times a week? <laughs> <laughs> it's a if you're feeling drawn to listen to this podcast. Or to click on Karen's Instagram, you're Jewish enough, babe. You're Jewish oh, enough. You're so good. So you've got your own podcast, which isn't necessarily, you know, you're a busy actress, you're a busy mom, all kinds of stuff happening. What what inspired you to make this space for your for your podcast, um, which focuses on on motherhood, or maybe you can give it more of a sub niche even than that. You know, I always felt like before I was a mom, I wish I knew uh, like the options similarly to like how you can be Jewish in like a myriad of ways. I feel like you can be a mom in so many ways. And and the way that sort of is pumped out in uh, in like pop culture is like not sustainable for me (laughs) or or, or not not most mothers. Yeah. Or most mothers. Yeah. And so like, I was like, well, what if I could make a place for people to go and click on if they're curious about, let's say, surrogacy or egg freezing or same sex 
marriage and parenting what if i could highlight other people's stories because you know as as the granddaughter of holocaust survivors who did not tell their story i know how deeply i needed those stories to be told i would go and read holocaust novels just to piece the weave the story together for myself because of course they were not able to share that but stories are incredibly healing informative enlightening we need that. We need we need a village in the same. I, I think so similarly to the way that you're putting together this beautiful village of Jewish people together. I wanted to offer a village of mothers. OK, maybe we're not like physically together. And I hope one day we will be because that feels so good. But at the very least, while you're, you know, while you're going to the doctor to, you know, get your eggs frozen, you could pop in my friend Genevieve, who can tell you her experience and you won't feel so alone. I feel like loneliness is, is, um, it's such a terrible feeling. And then the shame as well, like, you know, you know, breastfeeding and not going right. And, you know, there's the Instagram moms that just make everyone feel so inadequate. There's just so much of that around. And there is, I don't know how it is across the pond there in in America, but here in the UK, there's a lot of this, again, it's become a bit of a cliche, this kind of honest parenting uh, accounts Mm and whatever and blogs and like, so, and you're very real in your conversations and it's almost, it's not about honest parenting. It's just almost diverse kind of different, different aspects that aren't being discussed is what I, what I took from Yeah. And I think that for whatever reason, honest parenting, and I was like this honest motherhood columnist on um, a blog. Yeah. For like, there's a lovely blog called Mother Untitled, which is beautiful. Yes. I I listened to that episode. She seemed wonderful. Yeah. She's wonderful. Interestingly, she's an, an Indian American who's married to a Jewish man and they're raising their children Jewish just, wow. just by way of inclusion. I say this guys, in case there's someone listening to the podcast, who's um, who didn't grow up Jewish and is more curious about a Jewish upbringing. And it's, I, I'm just, I'm very much inspired by Neha and I'm so inspired by that experience in general, but she has this blog called mother Untitled, And I was, I was the honest motherhood sort of columnist. And I think a lot of the time honest kind of gets equated with like, complaining yes and I, I like don't getting to... drunk on the job and all this yeah. kind of it's become yeah. almost yeah sending and, themselves and it, up I, and I just am not um I have nothing to complain about I yes. am so lucky you know my son's name is Ness his name means miracle and my daughter's name is Paz in Hebrew it's, it's golden but I it's peace you know these are like my greatest blessings to the world and to my own self i am so lucky and there are things that need to be fleshed out between mothers women parents so that we not we're not alone you know like uh, it, there's there's so much gray area yeah there's so many secrets that need not be secretive and what I enjoy about your podcast also it's not honest parenting about the everyday it's tackling subjects that are not talked about enough within motherhood those were the episodes that I that I really enjoyed and yeah there's the it's it's very impressive stuff that you've that you've you know got this amazing niche podcast in this, as I said to you earlier, what did I say? Like a sea of motherhood content or something? Because yeah, it is just totally. everywhere. 
Um, and I can't wait to see what, what's next with that. But I want to, if you can believe it, we're heading to wrapping up time. I can't quite believe it myself. I feel like we've only just got started, but this is also the most fun we're going to have. Well, hopefully you're going to have some fun. It's a kind of quick fire round. Okay. <laughs> now you can answer it in one word, or you can also elaborate and tell me why you've given that answer. So let's go. You ready, Daniela? I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. This is like the perfect question to ask you um, more than any other guest. Your favorite Yiddish word? Schwitz. <laughs> you can, can you sing it? Schwitz. <laughs> Yeah. Schwitz means to sweat, but um, can I sing it? No, I don't know any. <laughs> I could sing you a Yiddish song if you want. Go on. Bamil bisi shein, bamil hosti chein, bamil bisi welt, bamil bisi git, bamil hosti it, bamil bisi in geld. Oh, my heart is beating so fast to have a brand new friend that feels like a soul sister singing Yiddish, an ancient Jewish language on the podcast in 2020. It's just another everything moment for me. <laughs> everything for everything. <sighs> okay. Um, your favorite Jewish food? Babka. Favorite Jewish holiday? Purim. Uh, smashing the glass or a big horror? A big horror. <laughs> Hummus, appetizer or a main dish? Appetizer and main dish. <laughs> um, if you could keep Shabbat with one Jewish celebrity, who would it be and why? <laughs> Dr. Ruth. Ooh, oh, good well, she would teach me about sex and intimacy and survival and how to be petite and also take on the world I love her <laughs> kill marry kiss famous Jewish people or you can have people from the Torah if you want to <laughs> kill okay. marry or kiss oh kill marry or kiss I, um I was gonna say I'd marry Moses but he doesn't seem like a great <laughs> partner um kill okay that's a tough oh, one okay uh, Harvey Weinstein yes <laughs> Thank you. Uh, marry Who's a great one? Who's a great one? I'm going to marry Devorah because she's the only um, female prophet. And I'm like, maybe she's, maybe she'd be into me. Um, kill, marry, kiss. kiss. <laughs> I'm, I'd want to kiss Aharon, Moshe's um, brother. He's the first Kohen. Feels like, feels like he'd be a, a good makeout sesh. Such Close to God. Answers. Um, the celebrity doesn't have to be Jewish. The celebrity you would most want to interview on your podcast. The celebrity <laughs> I'd most want to interview on my podcast, maybe Drew Barrymore. Yeah. She's a, she's, yeah. I'd like to hear that interview too. Okay. What would the title of a book about your life be called? She persisted. Oh, it's funny. You know, my, my girl's school there, um, slogan is is conable which means perseverance mm. in latin and it's yeah it's 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 a yeah it's an it's everything i love it's that everything. your favorite jewish song oh my god uh there's this song that i sang to my husband at our wedding called oi mame oi mame bin ich verliebt oi mame bin ich 
If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? My face. Just my face. <laughs> why? You know why? I'll tell you why, actually, because I think for so long as a woman and as a Jewish woman, I sort of, you know, cater to everyone else. And I'm really ready to celebrate me. Oh, yeah. What what's brought you to that space? This pandemic was hard. Yeah, it was really hard. That war last year was so hard. And I think like life is not going to get magically easy, but I do believe that the more we, the more I can love myself and all the parts of myself, very much including my Jewishness and, and celebrate myself, the more resilient I can be and the more Mm -hmm. I can offer the world. And resilience is another underestimated skill that I think we all need and we all need to work on. And again, as Jews, it's part of our history as well. We've inherited that too. You know, like when they talk about the inherited trauma that we do inherit, just on like a DNA genetic level, we also do inherit a level of resilience, mm-hmm. survivorhood, et cetera. Yeah. Lucky us. And mm-hmm. finally, what small thing, or I guess it can be a big thing, but is there a small thing that's bringing you joy lately? Um, well, you right now are bringing me a lot of joy. I do, just like, I do. <laughs> just like imagining the ears listening to this, like I just, you're bringing me a lot of joy, friend. You who is listening. Thanks. Oh, that's wonderful. Daniela, it has been epically joyful having you on today. And watch out, world. This is just the beginning of Karen and Daniela. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so, so, so much. I love you. If this episode inspired you in some way, I'd love you to take a screenshot of you listening on your device and post it to your Instagram stories and tag me at Your Jewish Life so I can hear from you. I'd love to be Instagram friends. And if there's anyone you know that would benefit from this episode, share it with them and subscribe and let's spread our message and mission of Your Jewish Life your way. I'd love you to leave a review as well, because again, that helps more people see the podcast, hear the episodes and inspire them with Jewish joy and leaning into a Jewish life they love living. I also want to take a moment to tell you about my community, my membership community club for Jewish and Jewish women called Smashing Life. It's a essentially everything you've ever wanted in a Jewish community. It's a space to live your Jewish life your way, connect with like-minded Jewish women, share Jewish culture and joy. And most importantly, it's a place to build the life you want on your terms and learn Jewish rituals that will fill your life with purpose. Most importantly, we make it fun in 21. It is a lot of fun in there. We do all kinds of things. We have monthly expert masterclasses chosen by you. We have social events, both online and in real life all around the world. We have virtual Shabbats. We have a dedicated parenting sub-community. We've got a dedicated entrepreneur sub-community. We have a book club and a crafts club and a members-only recipes book that everyone contributes to and great Jewish bake-offs. And 
incredible conversation and most importantly support and warmth in a completely non-judgmental inclusive Jewish space. If you'd like to find out more or add your name to the waitlist just go to smashinglife.club. The doors are currently closed for new members but we're opening them really soon so add your name and be the first to know. Just head to smashinglife.club. <laughs>